0: Welcome to the Skift Podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trend lines. I'm your host, Hanna Sampson. Google has been making big moves in the travel space since last year. The search engine launched the Google Trips app earlier in 2016 and hosts booking for some hotel and airline partners. Skift reported this year that the company's revenues from travel advertising likely topped $12 billion. That's a lot to dig into. So we were glad to have Oliver Heckman, the Vice President of Engineering who heads Google's travel product, with us at the Skift Global Forum this fall. He joined us backstage in the Skift Take studio to talk about how user behavior is changing with the shift to mobile, Google's efforts to move toward an assistant-driven environment, and the future of virtual and augmented reality. Oliver Heckman spoke to Skift contributing writer, Jeremy Cressman. This mini episode is one of several conversations we're bringing you from backstage at the Skiff Global Forum. The Skiff Take Studio series is presented by MasterCard, a payments technology company that is enabling loyalty, security, and data solutions for the global travel industry.
1: So, uh, Oliver, Tell me a little bit how search is changing. You know, this is an interesting time. Internet users, they're spending more time on mobile devices. There's all these specialized places where you can search now for travel products, um, things happening within apps. Like, how is Google adjusting to some of those changes in behavior? Yeah, so we see a lot of changes in behavior with the shift to mobile. Um,
2: Mobile is the new platform it is quite different from the user behavior on mobile is very different from what we see on desktop. The screen is smaller. uh, The session duration, the time that people spend doing an individual thing is much, much shorter, and it's actually further shrinking. We just saw that in the first half of this year, the session duration on mobile was further shrinking by 11%, and that's a trend we've been seeing for a long time. This is because users use their mobile phone when they're queuing at the supermarket and when doing all kinds of other stuff, and that leads to short bursts very intensive bursts, uh, but shorter and shorter bursts of activity and intent. Uh, So that basically means we have to adjust our products because it's no longer sufficient to just show the user 10 links when the user asks the questions and then hope that the user will click through the right links and figure out the answer themselves. That's why for many years with projects like the Knowledge Graph, we've been evolving Google to be an answer engine that is actually answering the user's questions and in the right point in time connecting the user to the right partner for the user then to convert on the partner's
1: website. Mm. You mentioned connecting to the right partners, and I know a big part of the mobile experience is now apps. So many travel brands have their own apps. How is Google working to sort of help travelers find that information that lives within apps, given that maybe it wasn't originally set up as such a way that you could search that Information. Yeah. So
2: basically, um, we, we do a multitude of things. Um, we have multiple projects to make the interaction between the web and the app a smoother interaction so that there's less break off transition. Uh, we talked about instant apps, for example, at Google I.O. Uh, we have app install um, ads on Google that our partners can use to drive installs of their apps. Um, but by and large, what we still see happening in, in, for the commercial queries, for uh, queries that users are transacting, is that the mobile web is still crucially important. Um, and, and that makes sense because not always does the user have the app installed. The user often has many questions. And actually, a travel planning session could easily start with a question like, is the Zika virus in Hawaii? Yeah, which you wouldn't ask an app for. That's a typical Google search question. It's not even travel intent necessarily at that space. But that, that can then very quickly lead to, okay, uh, how much is a flight to Big Island? Yeah, and then suddenly you're, you're, you're deep in there. And that might only be a two-minute session, but it's a very valuable session. And uh, um, so we're working intensively on basically um, giving a, the smoothest and most frictionless user experiences
1: for these small moments. Sure. You raise a really interesting point about people searching across lots of different devices and screens. Yeah. Nobody ever just goes to the web or just uses an app. They're going to search in an app, and then they may go and type something in Google. Yes. How can a travel advertiser link those things together, figure out like where a sale came from with all these different devices and searches happening all yeah, over the There's place? a multitude of
2: analytic products that we have that basically allow the advertiser to track um, what is actually going on and analyze uh, this big data style. Um, the other thing I want to stress: it's not just about con- it's not just purely about connecting all the data together. Something that I feel the industry is a bit under-invested in is reducing that friction. Yeah, um, if you can convert the user in one of the first sessions on a mobile device, you should do that. You should not later kind of hope the user is coming back on their desktop PC at home user might be doing that, mm-hmm. but if you actually create a really frictionless experience, which many of the mobile experiences are not today, yeah, and we have some products that we've built to help our partners have more frictionless booking experiences, for example. That's book ex- uh, book at Google, uh, book on Google um, is the product that we've built for that. Then you might directly convert the user uh, before the device break happens. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I know you guys were encouraging more companies to build mobile-friendly websites, yep. which a lot of people did not have for a long time. And it seemed like such an obvious thing for people to do. Um, what are Google's next steps when it comes to travel? You know, obviously you say you're not an online travel agency. What what sorts of things or opportunities will be key areas of focus as you look at the travel space in the years to come? So if I look at the last couple of years, we've, we've done the transition to mobile, we've moved
2: from a search engine to an answer engine. And I think the next five to ten years will be very exciting because we're more and more moving to an assistant driven um, environment. We've already built many assistive features in our existing products like the tips feature in flights or in hotels, for example, where we do a number of queries on behalf of the user in the background and present the results of these other queries if we find something interesting to the user. For example, if you're searching for a flight uh, in economy class to uh, to Los Angeles, we will automatically run a query. You don't have to do anything to check for the business class flight. And if the, business, the upgrade in business class is not very expensive, we will actually surface it to you. That's an assistive feature. You'd expect a good human assistant to do that and tell you if the assistant find something interesting. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're already doing in our existing products. Uh, And now we're taking that into um, an area that we kind of literally launched last week with the launch of the Allo app, which is a messaging platform that has actually a Google Assistant built in. So you can now talk to Google and you can have a conversation about that. And if I tie that back to the travel space, that's tremendously exciting because it allows um, expression of like in travel intent in natural language, Mm -hmm. which is so much more powerful um, than expressing a travel intent in a date picker. If you let me make an example, for example, when I traveled here for this interview, Mm -hmm. yeah, I had to be here at 11 o'clock today. In natural language, talking to uh, an assistant human or machine powered, I would say, get me to New York so that I can be in Alice Tully Hall in time for my 11 o'clock interview. Or maybe I would have just said interview and would have expected the assistant to look at my calendar and figure out that it's at 11. In existing products, that means, oh, you touch the date picker and you do a search for Wednesday morning, yeah, and then you go to Google Maps and you figure out how long the time from Newark, LaGuardia, and wherever those flights land. Uh, At the uh, the time the flight lands, plus 30 minutes, uh, take rush hour into account. You open a bunch of tabs and do a number of calculations that Use information that Google has readily available um, to figure this out. And then you also have to go back to the date picker and do a search for Tuesday evening to see if it's better to arrive the evening before. No date picker allows you that flexibility. Mm -hmm. So in natural language, all I'm expressing is a single sentence. Uh, without the capabilities of expressing it in natural language, I will have 10 or more tabs open and I'll do all kinds of calculations in between. So I'm super excited about that. It's a hard technical problem. And uh, um, our teams at Google are at the forefront of solving these problems. We're going to have a lot of fun the next year, so I'm sure. Uh,
1: but I think it's going to be offering vastly better user experiences than we have today. Sure. It almost sounds like predicting what people want will be more important than any particular interface. Yes. Interesting. Um, I also want to touch, uh, before we finish up on 360 video virtual reality, you know, you guys are doing some interesting things with cardboard and I know a lot of travel brands are very interested in this space. Will we see any more opportunities for travel brands. I mean, obviously any brand can go in and create a 360 video, but maybe something that's sponsored or more prominent, uh, focus on virtual reality or 360 experiences. Yeah, so we have so Google has a number of VR products
2: in the making. Uh, you mentioned cardboard, um, Daydream is a platform we announced earlier this year, and we're working on. Um, it's very exciting for travel because it allows users to experience the destination uh, in a more immersive environment um, before actually making the decision to spend uh, as much money as it costs to go to the destination. It opens up all kind of possibilities. Yeah, um, the. And you could imagine that we change the, uh, the the products and allow you to see a hotel mm-hmm. or the beach in virtual reality. Mm-hmm. And we're working with a number of partners on that. Uh, there's one area that's closely related to virtual reality that I think is equally highly relevant for the travel sector. And that is somewhat underestimated and underinvested in today. And that's augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You can imagine that as you're traveling and um, you're walking through a city that you're not familiar with, yeah, You'll not be having your VR helmet on. That's something you do at home. Uh, but you, you, you could have an augmented reality on like a, 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 some classes, for example, that overlay information into the actual reality as you see it. That's particularly exciting if you're traveling because you're not familiar with the surroundings and you could imagine a travel guide uh, in that augmented reality setting or just simply um, routing information that guides you to the next subway station. Yeah. Uh, This is also exciting for the travel space. I hear much less talk about that than I hear about VR. And I think that's a bit out of shift because AR is going to come as well.
1: Yeah. AR is actually a very interesting area. Do you guys have a, a product that's coming soon or is that I mean, I know you're talking sort of about the potential of it. Um, is there some sort of aspect of that that we'll see incorporated into Google services? And I the... think we kicked off. It's not strictly AR in the classical sense,
2: but I think the okay. uh, Google classwork that we did hmm. um, a while back kicked off a kind of a whole bunch of thinking in that area. There's nothing specific in terms of products announcements that I, announcements
1: that I can make. Okay. Oliver, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time Thanks. here today. And uh, hope you had a good time at the forum. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you.
0: That was Google's Oliver Heckman speaking backstage at the Skift Global Forum. If you like what you hear from the Skift Global Forum 2016 in New York City, there's more coming. We're holding our first ever Skift Global Forum Europe on April 4th in London. Find out about this and other events at forum.skift.com. This show was produced by Ben Glowy, who can be found on Twitter at visible underscore sound. Assistant Editor Sarah Enloe provided additional support. To subscribe to this podcast, search for Skift on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave a rating and a comment to help other listeners find us. Past episodes and a link to subscribe are online at podcast.skift.com. And this has been the Skift Podcast. Thanks for listening.